Thank you so much for being here. I know we got a lot of people who are out uh, due to the holiday weekend, and hopefully you had a good Independence Day weekend celebrating the 4th of July. A lot of things uh, in our world were canceled, some of the festivities, but hopefully you made the most of it and spent some time with family and ate some good food and uh, took a little time out to celebrate our independence. 1776, our forefathers signed a declaration stating that they were free, that they were sovereign, that they declared themselves separated and independent from Great Britain at the time. Now, what they did was exactly what we're going to be talking about today in our continued walk through uh, taking a look at faith, what it means to walk by faith. They called something that they weren't. They declared themselves something that they were not at the moment. In other words, they did something that God does. He calls the things that aren't as though they were. And uh, so today I want to encourage someone, I want to encourage somebody here today to declare yourself free. Whatever it is that you've been struggling with, whatever it is you've been battling, speak your independence today. Declare yourself free. The Bible says, he that the son has set free is free indeed. Amen. So we're going to hop right into the word. If uh, you have scanned uh, these things, or if you go to the church's website, you can see the scriptures, or if you have your Bible or your app with you, you can you can turn straight there. I'm going to read from Romans chapter 4 today. Uh, Romans chapter 4. How it's so good to see you. I saw you sneak in back there, man. I love you. I've missed seeing your face. <laughs> uh, and to any of you, I've, I see some 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 repeat some repeat uh, faces from last week. Thank you for being here. Uh, please make sure you feel at home and that you feel welcome today. So uh, now I realize it's also starting to heat up and it's a little bit more humid out here today. But thank God for the cloud cover. Uh, but we're going to try to get out of here before it gets roasting too bad. But let's get into the word today. Uh, we are talking about what the basics of walking by faith. The Bible says to walk by faith and not by sight. That means that we're going to have to make some choices in life uh, per our faith and per the word of God, even though life doesn't always match up to the word of God or your circumstances don't always present what the word of God has to say about your life. Your circumstances may say something completely different, yet yet we have to fight the fight of faith. You don't have to fight the devil because the, it says resist the devil, he'll flee. But if you fight the fight of faith, uh, uh, as, as Paul told Timothy, that's the one fight that you have every morning. We've been talking about it week after week, that you wake up in the morning and you decide you have to start, and some days you fight back and forth. Am I going to believe the word of God? Am I going to believe the promises of God? Or am I going to believe what my eyes and my mind are seeing? So so some of the basics that we've talked about, if you remember, one of the first basics is to believe in your heart, confess with your mouth. That's how your whole salvation experience starts, is to believe in your heart. You don't believe with your mind. Uh, your mind is there for processing information but you have to believe from a place that you feel, uh, from the place that your desires and intention comes from. You believe with your heart, and then you confess with your mouth uh, your salvation or your sozo. Salvation or sozo doesn't just mean you punched your ticket to heaven. It actually means uh, it, that's part of it, but it also means your well-being, your your state of being, your, your healing, your deliverance. Uh, soundness of mind. You have to believe for that and speak it out sometimes. And 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 uh, sometimes when you're not feeling good, you gotta you gotta speak it out. We're, we're gonna talk about that some more. Uh, the second truth that we talked about, the second basic principle, is faith and unforgiveness does not work. Faith and unforgiveness don't mix. You can't walk by faith 
and have unforgiveness in your heart. So you got to let it go. Jesus said that when you speak to the mountain to be removed, if you believe what you speak will come to pass, it'll come to pass. But then the next thing he said is while you're standing there praying, if you have anything against your brother, let it go. You have to let it go and forgive him. Why? Because, because unforgiveness is a form of doubt. You can't say that you believe the word of God and then you doubt it all at the same time. Last week, last week we talked about you're going to have to believe some things that you don't see. You have to believe the unseen. You can't wait until you have physical proof all the time. Sometimes you just have to believe it because God said it. That's how, that's how uh, uh, Romans chapter 4, which we're about to read, that's how God said, hey, that's how Abraham believed. When he had nothing else to hope for, he still just hoped in faith, or he hoped that God's word, he had faith in God's word in his life. Even though he had no physical proof that it would come to pass, it was still going to come to pass. And if you have faith like that, you, you are actually now grafted into all the promises that God gave to Abraham. The song that, that Bree just got through singing and did a beautiful job on, uh, it, it was reflective of Genesis chapter 12. The, the covenant promise that God made to Abraham, where he said, Abraham, I'll do all this stuff for you. I'm going to give you territory. I'm going to give you provision. I'm going to bless you. I'm going to prosper you. And, and I'm going to bless all the generations that come after you. All you have to do is just believe. Believe me. Trust me. I'll take care of all this stuff. And, and uh, now, now the, Jews, the Jews had a covenant right to experience that because of, uh, because of genetics, Right? But we are grafted into that because of our faith. And we're, we're going to read about that. Romans chapter 4. Today, today, the fourth principle, the fourth principle is you have to speak the things that aren't as though they were. So, so we're going to title today, Faith Tells It Like It Isn't. Dr. Phil ain't going to like this title. You know, because I'm just going to tell it like it is. You know, Dr. Phil will... Faith tells it, if you grew up here in Texas, you'd say faith tells it like it ain't. Sometimes you have to speak things into existence via your faith. And the Lord gives you the authority to do that. Romans chapter 4, starting with verse 16, talking about this promise of blessing and, and provision that Bree just got through singing about. Therefore, inheriting this promise is the outcome of faith and depends entirely on faith faith. You can't earn it. You can't work for it. You just got to believe for it in order that it might be given as an act of grace or unmerited favor to make it stable and valid and guaranteed to all his descendants. He's basically, if if it's, if it's an act of grace, then it's going to be a stable covenant. If it's not dependent on our works, because we'd get it wrong. If it depended on our works, we'd all blow it, right? Not only to the devotees and inheritance and adherence of the law, that's the Jews, so not only for the Jews, but also to those who share the faith of Abraham, which, which we do. What does it mean to share the faith of Abraham? It means to believe God even when the rest of your world says not to believe. Even when the circumstances prove otherwise, you still stick to the word of God and the word that God has spoken to you, all right? So it says, uh, uh, but also to those who share the faith of Abraham, who is thus the father of us all. Why is he our father? As it is written, I, now this is God speaking. As it is written, I have made you the father of many nations. Kind of keep, keep that mentally for a second. He was point, appointed our father in the sight of God in whom he believed, who gives life to the dead and speaks of the non-existent things. 
that he has foretold and promised as if they already existed. So God gives life to the dead and he speaks. He speaks about things that don't exist as if they already exist. That harkens back to what we just read, that it's written, I have made you the father of many nations. Okay, For Abraham, human reason for hope being gone, hoped in faith that he should become the father of many nations as he had been promised. So when he had no reason to hope, he still hoped in faith that he would become the the father of many nations. Why? Because God spoke it over him. That God promised this. So numberless shall your descendants be. Verse 19, he did not weaken in faith. He didn't let his faith uh, weaken when he considered that the utter impotence of his own body, which was as good as dead because he was about 100 years old, or when he considered the barrenness of Sarah's dead and womb, no unbelief or distrust made him waver concerning the promise of God. But he grew strong and empowered by faith as he gave praise and glory to God. In other words, Abraham said, I don't care that I'm 99 years old, and I don't care that Sarah's only 90 years old, and we ain't never had kids together. God said that I was going to be the father of many nations, that I would sire a child through this woman, and it's going to happen. It doesn't matter what my physical circumstances are. It's going to happen. So he didn't waste time doubting. It said that he just gave God glory and praise. We need to be doing that some within our life, that even though the circumstances says opposite, we just need to say, God, you, you promised me you were going to take care of me on this, and so I'm not even going to bother to doubt. I'm just going to spend my time praising you and telling you how wonderful you are and thanking you ahead of time for it, right? All right, let's continue to read. It says, uh, fully satisfied, verse 21 fully satisfied and assured that God was able and mighty to keep his word and to do what he had promised. Verse 22, that is why his faith was credited to him as righteousness. In other words, because he believed, he was righted. He started thinking right, talking right, acting right before God, okay? But the words it is credited to him were not written for his sake alone, but they were written for our sakes. Righteousness right standing in a, or standing acceptable to God will be granted and credited to us also who believe, trust in, adhere to, and rely on God, who raised Jesus our Lord from the dead. In other words, Abraham was the example because he trusted God when there was no reason to trust at all. He still trusted God, even when it seemed crazy. It was credited to him as righteousness. In other words, he got to walk in righteousness or rightedness. He got to walk right. He thought right, talked right, acted right. Things just fell into place rightly. And it, it was credit to him as righteousness. Now, now the Bible says that it wasn't written just for him, but it was written, written for us as an example to show us how to have faith. That when we can believe God, when there was no reason to believe him, we can start thinking right, talking right, acting right, being right. We can start accommodating the promises of God, right? So I want to I want to give it I want to take us back to this whole principle. God called Abraham the father of many nations. And then he calls the things that aren't as though they were. In Genesis chapter 17, God called Abraham the father he said you are the father of many nations. And he changed his name. His name was Abram. And God made a covenant and combined his name Abram with his name Hashem, Elohim. Now it became Abraham. And Abram means high and exalted father. 
Abraham means the father of nations. So God called him. He had not even sired a child through Sarah yet. But God already called him what he wasn't. Father, he said, Abraham, you are the father of many nations. He took Sarah, who was Sarai, which means my princess, and he combined it with his name to make Sarah, and it means mother of many nations. So he called both of them what they weren't. They hadn't even had a kid yet. Abraham had sired a child through Hagar. That's a whole other story. But they hadn't even given birth yet. And he called them, he called them something they weren't. Because God calls the things that aren't as though they were. We are made in the image of God. We are a chip off the old block. That's why we are creative beings. Look at all this place. Look at the, look at all the creativity, all the creativity that just went into this community. Why? It's it's an expression of the creativity of God flowing through those who put this this place together or any other master built computer or any other project that takes place out there. So because you are a creative uh, a creative being just like God, he gives you the authority through his son Jesus to call the things that aren't as though they were. The book of Joel, and I apologize, I don't have it in, in, in the notes for uh, being online, but the book of Joel actually says that, he says, he says, take your plowshares and beat them into swords. Because they were talking about the oppression that the enemy was bringing on Israel. And Joel, the prophet said, take your plowshares and beat them into swords. In other words, take what you have and God's gonna use it as an effective tool against the enemy. And then it says, let the weak say, I am strong. They were weak harvesters, but through the word of God, they could become mighty warriors to defend themselves. So the weak could actually call themselves something they weren't, strong. Let the weak say, I am strong. If you're going to walk in faith today, walk by faith, not by sight. That's one of the principles you need to adhere to. You need to call the things that aren't in your life as though they were. Say, well, you don't know what I've been going through. I've been going through a hard time. It doesn't matter. We all go through hard times. Jesus said, in this world, you're going to have trouble. But be of good cheer because I have overcome the world. And if you are alive in Christ, you have overcome the world. It doesn't mean that you're going to be delivered from trouble, but you'll be delivered in trouble. You may have to face some things, but you face it with the Lord. And he said, I'll always take care of you. If you're sitting here today, that means that you're batting a thousand you have a perfect record of overcoming difficult days and hardships. Could you imagine walking through what you've had to walk through if you didn't have the Lord? Man, I, I wouldn't even want to think about it. You know, we've all gone through stuff. Matter of fact, Paul in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 had just got through talking about, man, we've been, we've been persecuted, we've been pressed in from all sides. But then he goes on to say, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, yet we have the same spirit of faith as he had as he had who wrote i have believed and therefore i have spoken there it is we too believe and therefore we speak assured that he who raised up the lord jesus will raise us up also with jesus and bring us along with you into his presence sometimes you're going to have to get some stuff out of your mouth and speak it out in faith 
Call the things that aren't as though they were. We even sing it sometimes. That's the song say, let the weak say I am strong. Let the poor say I am rich. Let the sick say I am healed. I challenge somebody, next time you don't feel good, rather than waking up in the morning going, oh, I don't feel good. Why don't you just start speaking the word of God over yourself? Say, Lord, you have healed me. My body may not feel great right now, but I am healed in the name of Jesus. Say, God still heals? Absolutely, he still does. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. If you're struggling, if, 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 you, if you ran into some, some issues financially, say, no, Lord, you said you were going to take care of me and you'd supply all my needs according to my riches and glory. So my needs are met in Jesus' name. So I've, I've been transparent about this weight loss journey that I'm on, not to glorify myself, but, but all the glory goes to God. But, but it's, it's just, I don't know, it, it's, it's been my biggest struggle. I've always talked about it. I wish I had just as much victory over cheesecake as I do cocaine, you know? <laughs> like you put a pile of cocaine in front of me, it ain't going to affect me, man. You put a cheesecake in front of me, I'll break out in sweats and, you know, just, just go crazy. Uh, so, so I have a number in my head that I want to get to uh, weight-wise. And every day, of course, I keep track of, I, I step on the scales, I kind of keep track of what I eat, all that stuff. But every day I profess that I weigh that number. So now out of full transparency, and sometimes that makes people nervous because sometimes I'm, they think I'm a bit too transparent, but oh well, uh, I ain't got nothing to lose. Uh, you know, uh, I need to get down. I want to get down to 215. I was at literally about six weeks ago. I was at the most I'd ever weighed in my life, 328 pounds. That was way too much. 328. Uh, my weigh in on Friday, I was 292. According to according according to the glory of the Lord, because He's He's the one helping me, and and I'm using faith. Because hey, trust me, I've tried to lose weight in the past. It just don't work on my own. But I'm using faith. And every day I get up and I say, in the name of Jesus, I'm 215 pounds. I'm 200. What am I doing? I'm speaking the things that aren't as though they were. Even though the scale says something different, I still declare I'm 215 pounds. Now, that's a very simple explanation. But if I can do it with my weight, I can do it in every area of my life. You know, I can, I can claim God's provision for me. I can claim his health for me. Because that's how faith works. Proverbs chapter 18, verse 21. I know it's starting to sprinkle, so we're going to wrap up here. Proverbs chapter 18, verse 21. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they who indulge in it shall eat the fruit, the fruit of it for death or for life. You know, uh, sometimes, sometimes we get a little hard on some of these preachers that you'd see on TV, so, uh, back, especially back in the 80s when I was growing up. People would say, oh, that's name it and claim it. And you got those who kind of get a little crazy with uh, the prosperity message and stuff. Although I do believe God wants us to prosper. I, I do believe he wants to take care of us and, and he wants us to be good stewards and he'll bless faithfulness. Uh, but at the same time, people say, oh, that's name it and claim it. In reality, we're all name it and claim it, whether we want to admit to it or not. Are you speaking life or death into your situation? Are you complaining about your situation or are you speaking faith into your situation? Are you speaking life or death into your relationships, into your job, into your finances, into your provision, into your family, into your homes? What are you speaking into it? Proverbs says life and death's in the tongue. You can speak life, you can speak death. My, my old pastor, uh, Pastor Glenn Davis, I'll actually be eating dinner with him this, this week, him and his wife, Carolyn. 
uh, he used to he used to talk about, and especially in dealing with relationships, said said you 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 carry a bucket of water or you carry a bucket of gasoline, and when you got to go put out a fire in a relationship, what are you going to douse on it? Water or gas? In other words, are you gonna are you gonna bless? Are you gonna speak life into something? Are you gonna speak death and make it worse? Today, I'm choosing to walk by faith and to speak the things that aren't as though they were. That's why I speak healing over this congregation. Say, well, I don't feel healed yet. It doesn't matter. I'm going to speak it over you. I pray every day for every family of this congregation. I speak life and healing. I speak abundance. I speak provision. I speak blessings. I speak speak, uh, blessed marriages. Listen, I, I want your marriage to be blessed beyond measure. I want you to experience some holy matrimony. Why? Because I know I because I know the uh, I know the effects of it. Otherwise, you know, I've just lived through it. That's all right. God's taking care of everyone. But I want your I want your marriage blessed. I want your families blessed. I speak I speak life over your children. Why? Because I want to speak faith and life. Say, well, the circumstances don't line up all the time. It doesn't matter. His word is the one true thing that we can depend on. You can count on him. Amen. Let's all stand. I'm going to pray, and then we're going to wrap up here really quick. It's starting to rain. Father, I thank you so much for this congregation. I thank you for these families, these precious souls. Lord, I thank you for your word that is alive and true and for your covenant promise to take care of us and to be our God and to be in relationship with us. Lord, I pray that you teach us all how to walk by faith and not by sight and teach us to be people that don't just believe in you, but that we can believe you straight up. We praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.